What is going on and welcome all you sports fans to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. This is Friday and it is my high school football preview show as spring practices are now getting set for the spring game in a couple of weeks and then the season will be here before you know it. We'll have media days and we are going to kick off the season in August and on the high school football show, I'm going to reveal my top 10 teams from East Alabama and top 10 teams from West Georgia and the top 10 intriguing games in the Chattahoochee Valley. And of course, the criteria is the game has to be here, unless, of course, it's a neutral field game. And I'll talk about that. We have got a great show. Uh, the Warriors even things up with the Lakers at one apiece. The Braves sweep the Marlins as they get ready for a three-game series with the Baltimore Orioles. And we also have... A lot of sporting events happening this weekend. The Kentucky Derby, the opening weekend of the WNBA, and a lot of stuff to get into. We also have an XFL championship game, USFL. You don't want to miss it. It's a great show, and I'm also going to recap all the high school baseball in the Chattahoochee Valley as well. All right, let's get this show started because the Golden State Warriors, well, they had to win this game. You do not want to go down 0-2 to the Los Angeles Lakers. What a win by the Golden State Warriors. And it was a blowout. And Klay Thompson was hot in that first half. Anthony Davis was a non-factor. LeBron got going in that first half. But then he just decided not to play a whole lot of minutes. And I think the Lakers just gave up on this game. They got what they needed. They got the split going back to L.A. And... These two teams are evenly matched. But I think the Warriors can steal a game in L.A. And this series is going to go seven games. Because I think these two teams, they don't like each other. They're rivals. But they also have different styles of basketball. And I think that the Warriors do a great job responding after a loss. I mean, they were down 0-2 to Sacramento. And they're able to respond and get the victory. They'll play Game 3 Saturday night in L.A., the Crypto Arena. The Stars will come out for that. I can guarantee it. And then just looking at the games that's happening tonight in the NBA, a doubleheader of slate of games. Uh, The Boston Celtics taking on the 76ers in Philly. And then you have the Denver Nuggets taking on the Phoenix Suns. They're up 2 to nothing in that series. And the health of Chris Paul is in question for the Phoenix Suns. Now let's talk about the NHL playoffs because you have the Florida Panthers that have taken a 2-0 series lead over the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Panthers have been the story of the NHL playoffs. They have been the unlikely team. They only had 92 points in the regular season. They upset the number one team of all time. They had the greatest record in NHL history. The Florida Panthers... Looking to get back to the Cup. The last time they were at the Stanley Cup, it was 1996. It's been a very long time since the Florida Panthers have gone to the Stanley Cup. They were an expansion team in 1993. I remember when they came on the scene. I was a kid. You had the Sharks in 91. The Mighty Ducks came on the scene. The Ottawa Senators. You had the Florida Panthers. and You had the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it was really cool as a kid. All these expansion teams coming out of nowhere. And it was great. Especially, I started liking hockey when uh, the Sharks came into existence. And, of course, they've had outstanding playoff runs in their early years. 
But still a little bummed out that the Sharks are not in the playoffs. And you have the Dallas Stars evening things up with the Seattle Kraken. So the NHL playoffs today, on Friday, Cinco de Mayo, by the way, the New Jersey Devils, they're down 1-0 to zero to the Carolina Hurricanes. Remember, the Hurricanes have that Stanley Cup. 2006, actually. The, the Lightning won it in 2004. Uh, the strike season that canceled the entire NHL season was 2005. The Carolina Hurricanes won it in 2006. I remember Cam Ward was just standing on his head as, as a goalie. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know what? We do have a lot of baseball games that are going on in the Chattahoochee Valley. And I'm going to go ahead and run it down uh, tonight on the campus of Calvary Christian in the Final Four. You have Cornerstone Prep Academy out of Ackworth taking on the Calvary Christian Knights. And Steve Smith, the manager, has got four state titles, and he's hoping for his fifth. And this is going to be a very exciting matchup on the campus of Calvary Christian. Over in the GIAA, Pacelli on the road in Macon on Saturday as the first pitch is going to be at 2 p.m. against First Presbyterian Day. And then you also have LaGrange in action tonight at the branch, 4.30, taking on East Forsyth. And Columbus is in action on Saturday. First pitch is at 1 p.m. taking on Ringgold. You have Whitewater taking on North Oconee. And Stars Mill taking on Westminster. There are three teams in LaGrange's region that are in the Elite Eight. Now I can understand why Troop County did not make the playoffs because this region has some juggernaut teams. Absolutely. Other action, Heard County. They punched their ticket to the Elite Eight after beating Bacon County today. You had Schley County going to the Elite Eight after knocking off Lake Oconee Academy 6-0 to 10-3. The AISA Championship is going to be May the 10th in Montgomery. And that first pitch is going to be at noon Eastern, 11 Central. That's always exciting. Glenwood trying to get their 23rd championship and ninth under head coach Tim Fanning. We've got a very busy weekend. LaGrange College is in the CCS tournament, but they're going to be in the loser bracket. They Loss to Maryville College, 7-3. So they're going to play today at 11 o'clock in the morning in the loser's bracket. They're trying to go for their sixth straight conference title. You have the Kentucky Derby this weekend. You know, I, I'm a horse racing fan, I, I admit. Because I really follow horse racing, especially if we have a horse that is capable of winning the Triple Crown. I'll watch the Kentucky Derby. I mean, it's... The most exciting two minutes of sports. I mean, it's great. All the hype leading up to the race. And then whoever wins the Kentucky Derby, we all pick that horse to win the Preakness. And then you got the Belmont Stakes. But if a different horse wins the Preakness, then I don't watch the Belmont Stakes. I mean, that's how I follow horse racing. You do have the opening weekend for the WNBA and the Las Vegas Aces are defending their championship. They have such a great team with Asia Wilson and Kelsey Plum. Although Becky Hammond, their head coach, is in the rumor mill about possibly getting a head coaching position even in the NBA. But right now, the hottest coach that's available is Mike Budenholzer because the Milwaukee Bucks decided to fire Mike Budenholzer. This I don't understand. 
the NBA champions from 19, 2020, and 2021 all fired their head coaches. Nick Nurse fired from the Toronto Raptors. They won the championship in 2019. Frank Vogel fired from the Lakers. They won the championship in 2020. And now Mike Budenholzer fired from the Milwaukee Bucks, won a championship in 2021. So I guess winning a championship is not enough. It's all about winning multiple championships and the ownership group and the general manager was not happy with the result with the early playoff exit to the Miami Heat. And you don't factor in the injury to Giannis. You don't factor in that Chris Middleton was injured most of the year. I don't think that's fair. I think that Mike Budenholzer was treated unfair. He got the ax way too soon, and he's definitely going to get a head coaching position somewhere. Maybe Toronto. I think Toronto should be calling Mike Budenholzer. And I know if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan and you miss Mike Budenholzer, Quinn Snyder is the logical choice for the Hawks. He's going to be the coach for the long run. I know that Mike Budenholzer helped build that Hawks 60-win team that won all the way up until the Eastern Conference Finals. They were a number one seed, but they got swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, it wasn't even competitive. I was still hurt from that game. Just game one, oh, don't get me started. All right, so what we're going to do now, we're going to go ahead and take a break. This is going to be a great show because I'm going to have my high school football show. I'm also going to have WTVM sports anchor Tony Reese. But... I'm going to go ahead and take the first break. I see the 10-minute mark. We're going to go pay some bills. And when we come back, the moment you've all been waiting for, I'm going to have my high school football preview show for the 2023 high school football season in the Chattahoochee Valley. It is going to be awesome. All right, we'll be back. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text K4K Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's Property of the Week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre track is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. How is everybody doing on this fine Thursday night? Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am excited to be here on this podcast. You are watching us 
on Facebook Live and Twitter Live. You can catch an episode of this podcast on WQEE 99.1 FM, 2 to 3, Monday through Friday. And we have got a great show for you. This is the 2023 high school football preview show for the Chattahoochee Valley. Every Friday, I'm going to have a preview show. I might have some coaches and some players on the show as we kick things off. Leading up to kickoff, August the 18th, week one, we have got some compelling matchups. I'm going to reveal my top 10 teams for East Alabama and my top 10 teams from West Georgia. Going to recap a little bit of the 2022 season, and I'm also going to have my top 10 Games that I want to watch. I would pay money to see. I would try to make way to the stadium so I could see this game. These are potential high school games of the week. Here we go. Because there is a lot to talk about. The 2022 season, which I covered on this podcast every Friday. I had my high school games of the week. I also picked my top 10 teams from East Alabama. My top 10 teams from West Georgia. Very popular segment. Had a lot of feedback, including a player from Northside who actually personally messaged me saying, why are you ranking us five? I mean, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. I loved all these schools, and it was really hard to pick a list of the top ten schools in West Georgia in the Chattahoochee Valley. Think of all the teams from the GIAA with St. Ann Pacelli. And also Schley County from Division 1-2A. And then you also have a team like Northside playing in a tough 5A. And, you know, but I'm going to reveal my top 10 for East Alabama, West Georgia later in the show. But we have got spring practices going on right now. This is the month of May. Some of the spring games are going to happen in a couple of weeks. I will have WTVM sports anchor Tony Reese on the show later as we got into a little bit about high school football. I'm actually marking my calendars that first week in August. I will try to be there for media days in Muskogee County and then in East Alabama because I'm familiar with East Alabama calling all the Russell County home games last year. That's the team I want to start with first. I plan on having head coach Dylan Griggs on the show sometime in the summertime. I think Russell County is fascinating. I know they had a down year last year. They missed out on the playoffs. Drew Pickett is now at Wake Forest. But they have got a sophomore running back by the name of Kelston Popcorn Tarver. And me and Corey Bank, we broadcast all the Russell County games last year at home and then one game on the road against Valley. And I was amazed with this kid's ability to cut through the holes and go through the seams of the defense. And you're going to have a quarterback battle between Robert Calhoun and Mitchell Green. They're both seniors this year. They got a lot of experience. Mitchell Green saw some snaps last year. And then Denver Harper. He was a slot receiver last year. But I think Denver Harper is going to be the primary receiver. Yes, they are losing A.J. Black. I mean, that is going to be tough. But I think that Russell County could make the playoffs this year. It is going to be tough. You still have Witsumka. You still have Pike Road. You still have Sidney Lanier, Carver Montgomery. Those are the top four teams that it's hard. If you want to make the playoffs, you got to beat one of those four teams. I believe they could beat Stanhope Elmore. You know, they actually kick off the season 
They go up to Hamilton, Georgia. Now, I talked about like my intriguing matchups. I'm going to reveal my top 10 intriguing matchups. Spoiler alert, this is one of them. Russell County at Harris County, August the 25th up in Hamilton, Georgia. I have been to both places. When you go to outside the city limits of Columbus and Phoenix City, Smith Station, the atmosphere is incredible. The fans really are passionate for their team. And it seems like the whole city will go to the stadium to watch their team play. I'm not saying that fans aren't passionate in Columbus because they are too. It's just a different environment when you have teams like Russell County and teams like Harris County. Similar teams. But that matchup, yeah, it's in my top 10. I'll reveal what number it is. But Russell County and Harris County, August the 25th. The GHSA schedule is out. I've already seen it. I haven't seen the AHSAA schedule yet. There are some games that I've looked at that are possibly going to be matchups. You know, Max Preps is not always 100% accurate, but we know that Central is going to play Auburn. We know Valley's going to play Lynette. There's no more Lafayette. So Valley and Lafayette have merged, and I think right now they're calling the, the high school Valley, but... You know, I was trying to guess what the high school would be. I thought maybe it would be called Chambers County. But we shall see. The schedule has Russell County playing Valley. So if they're going to call them Valley, oh, oh, okay. We'll see. I mean, you know, the Valley Rams won a state championship in basketball. So that is pretty cool. All right. Well, the moment you've all been waiting for. I cannot wait. I'm going to reveal my top 10 for East Alabama, my top 10 for West Georgia going to recap what they did in the 2022 season and what is on the horizon for the 2023 season. We're going to start with East Alabama because I have ties to East Alabama. I've called Lochapoca basketball games. I've called Russell County, Smith Station, and Glenwood football games. So I think that I've kind of have a little bit more of a connection to East Alabama compared to West Georgia. Not to, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've called Spencer high school football games, and I've called Northside. So here we go. All right. The number one team, and it was hard going back and forth between these two schools because you know they were number one and number two all year long, but I'm going to put the Auburn Tigers at number one. Obviously, Davis Harson is no longer on the team. Auburn played in the championship game against Thompson. They barely beat Central. It was a very close game. It could have gone either way in the semifinals. But I think that it's going to be Auburn 1 and Central 1A. It's going to be like this all season long. They both have tough tests. Auburn has to travel to Hoover. Now, they beat Hoover last year on a neutral field. But they got to play Hoover again, and this time it's a road game. And then Central's got to play Hewitt Trustful on the road. So, yeah, my number two team is the Central Red Devils. They got still great players. And when I reveal my Rivals.com list, they have seemed like they have reloaded. Head coach Patrick Nix, what he's doing at Central, what head coach Etheridge is doing at Auburn, it's absolutely incredible. These two teams, there is no question that these two teams are number one and number two in my rankings. All right. We're going to go with number three, and we're going to choose an AISA school. It's going to be Lee Scott Academy. They won the championship last year, beating Glenwood. They were dominant. Just that opening game last year when they defeated Chambers, 
Academy 34 to nothing. That was a statement win. Every single game they blew out the opponent except when they played Glenwood, and that was 35 to 16. So Lee Scott Academy is number three on my list. Number four, the poke away. Lochapoca, Rico Newton, the head coach. You know, he said in a press conference last year, it's state title or bust. Yes, J.C. Hart is now in Auburn. But Lochapoca, when they're playing in the 1A, you know, their big rival, Notasaga, they love their football in Lochapoca. And the running joke is I've actually reached out and I've tried to say, you know, I'm willing to fill in on some play-by-play for these broadcasts. I'm willing to travel maybe one and a half, two hours. And I would love if either Notasaga or Lochapoca called me up because now I have an excuse to go to Bucky's. <laughs> Lochapoca is number four. Number five is Glenwood. Glenwood's getting Dallas Crow back. Dallas Crow had an incredible junior season for the Glenwood Gators. They fell short in the AISA championship in Montgomery to Lee Scott Academy. But Glenwood started out 0-2 last year. You remember they lost to St. Ampicelli, you know, Jalen Turner with that touchdown run, and then they lose a heartbreaker at home to Brookstone. But look who they scheduled. You know, they had that game against Monroe Academy, Bessemer Academy, where I actually called some Glenwood games. I called where the kicker kicked the lights out of the stadium. And they finished strong getting that win over Chambers Academy, and they were rolling into the playoffs. And Dallas Crow, he's going to miss his favorite target, Aaron Burton, which I happened to see him play baseball uh, yesterday. Uh, Aaron Burton is just a phenomenal athlete. And uh, they're going to miss JT Banks. I, I love like the call when JT Banks was getting a touchdown. The bank is always open. And that's what I heard from WRBL. I, I love that call. I, I don't think I used that call. But Glenwood, I got them at number five. Number six, the blueprint for Beauregard. You know, the Beauregard Hornets snuck up on a lot of people last year. And in 5A, you know, you got Valley. They actually won the region over Valley. You have Charles Henderson. I mean, you have Eufaula. I mean, you have some teams in 5A that are very good teams. Beauregard made the playoffs last year. I expect Beauregard to continue that success. Ja'Cory Tarver was just an amazing running back. I got to check the roster to see if he's back this year. All right, number seven, the Hanley Tigers. Yes, Hanley in Roanoke, Alabama. That's part of the Chattahoochee Valley. The Hanley Tigers in 4A can compete for a state title. Remember, they won a state title in 2020. I got number eight, the Lynette Panthers. They snuck into the playoffs last year. They had a young team. Head coach Clifford Story Jr. has a young team this year. And the Lynette Panthers, who won state titles in 17 and won a state title in 19, they're going to compete for a state title. They had a young team last year. I expect the Lynette Panthers to bounce back. It's not going to be easy. I think that Horseshoe Bend is a very good team. Highland Home, I mean, they have a lot of teams in their region that they have to deal with. Real Town really snuck up on a lot of people last year. Man, that's what I have at number nine. The Real Town Rebels, they make my list at number nine. And then finally, number 10, the Eufaula Tigers on the outskirts of the Chattahoochee Valley. And the big question is, why did I not put Russell County in here? Why did I not put Smith Station in here? I expect Russell County and Smith Station to improve over the season. 
but it's kind of a, a show me thing. Russell County and Smith Station have just they've got to show it on the field. I think that if Russell County can go up to Hamilton and get the win against Harris County, they beat them last year in Seal. I think that would speak volumes, and they got to beat Stanhope Elmore at home. You know, Russell County. You know, they had some disappointing losses last year. You know, but you have Carver Montgomery, you have Pike Road. You know, they had a very close game against Sealy Lanier. You know, Wetumpka came to Russell County. I mean, that was just that was a tough night. That was that's asking a lot for what happened with the with the car accident with the student and having to go play Wetumpka. That was very tough for Russell County to do. I I think Russell County is going to have a great year. I think that head coach Dylan Griggs in his third season as the head coach, he's got a great coaching staff. I love what they have done at Russell County. I think that Russell County should be on my list, uh, especially when we get into the season. All right, let's go over to the other side of the Chattahoochee River into West Georgia. Here we go. All right, the number one team in West Georgia, and it's no surprise. This is a no-brainer. It's Troop County. Troop County went to the Final Four last year with a sophomore quarterback, Teo Todd. WRBL's Jack Patterson said he was a human cheat code. Teo Todd was a strong quarterback. Troop County's got a lot of players on Rivals.com that look like they are going to be the team to beat in their region. And head coach Tanner Glisson, which I'm trying to get him on the show, he's got a very strong team. I think that Troop County, even though they are in a region with Whitewater and Stars Mill and Trinity Christian and LaGrange, they still could run the table and get back to the playoffs and make a deep run in the playoffs. They'll kick things off against Harris County. A big win last year was against Callaway. I think that would speak volumes if they're able to win against Callaway again. By the way, that's one of my games. Uh, The top 10 games, the most compelling games I want to see. It's on my list. Spoiler alert, it's on my list, but I'll tell you where it is ranked. Okay, Number two is Schley County. Schley County had an incredible run to the state championship for single A Division II. Schley County lost to Bowden in the championship at Center Park Stadium. But Schley County, you know, they had the loss to Blakely County. But other than that, they were incredible. They have some talented players. They have a player that is listed on Rivals.com. I actually will go over my Rivals.com list in in another segment. But Schley County is number two. Number three, the Callaway Cavaliers. This was a team that started 0-3 last year. And I got a lot of heat because I put them like ranked five or six when they were like two and three. But even when they were 0-3, I still had them in my top ten. But I had some players from Callaway or some fans. They, They reached out to me on Twitter like how could you put us ranked number six and like at the time I think they were three and three Callaway ran the table they play who they play they lost to Opelika on a last second play they lose to Cedartown which by the way they're playing Cedartown at Callaway Stadium to open the season that is incredible and they lost to Troop County but every other team Redan they played Columbia they played Towers they played Landmark Christian they played ECLA, Eagles Landing Christian Academy. And that was actually one of the high school games of the week. 
Callaway ran the table, but they fell to Appling County. The Callaway Cavaliers, head coach Pete Wiggins, 20 years of success, a state title in 2020, and also home of recent Jacksonville Jaguars running back Tank Bigsby. The Callaway Cavaliers, they love their football there at Callaway. When I had Kevin Eckleberry on the show a couple days ago, we talked about that passion that all the fan base has for Troop County, LaGrange, and Callaway. It's incredible what goes on up there. And Callaway Stadium is going to be rocking this year. There are some great games that I want to get into. And I will get into. And hopefully, maybe I can actually set up shop and do my uh, show from Callaway Stadium. Because the plan is to do the live show, broadcast this on my Facebook Live at the stadium in kind of a college game day atmosphere for the high school game of the week. That's really what I would like to do. And also... Check out, I got the new swag out too, this uh, polo shirt, the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Well, it doesn't say Richard Holdridge, it just says Sports Beat. But thank you, the Thread Mob, for hooking me up with this amazing polo shirt. And I like the color because uh, it's the same color as my alma mater, Free Harbor University. All right, number four, the St. Ampicelli Vikings. They won a championship in the GIAA. Head coach Dwight Jones, what can you say about a legendary head coach that really focuses on teaching these kids. And Pacelli's in good hands. I know they're losing Cam Ellis to college. And then you also have Jalen Turner that's leaving as well. And Pacelli is still going to be competing in the GIAA. It might be a little bit tougher because you have to replace a great player like Cam Ellis. I mean, he really led the Pacelli Vikings on his back, especially in that overtime game against Brookstone. And then all the way to the championship game in Macon where they were able to beat Stratford Academy. Number four, the Carver Tigers. Second-year head coach Pierre Coffey. What can you say about the Carver Tigers that hasn't been said already? Carver Tigers, when it comes to Putting players in the NFL that are from Columbus, I don't think there is a high school in Columbus or even the Chattahoochee Valley, and that includes schools like Auburn and Central. Carver has put them in the NFL. Isaiah Crowell, Jarvis Jones, Nate Odoms, Brinston Buckner, DJ Jones. So many players from Carver that have gone on to play in the NFL. Carver made it all the way to the Elite Eight last year, but they did lose to Oconee County, but they got the big win over Harlem in the second round. Carver should be back. Thomasville is one of those teams that they, you got to watch out for because Thomasville defeated Carver by one point in Thomasville. That could have been the deciding factor for Carver getting a number one seed and maybe hosting multiple playoff games. And who knows how far Carver could have went. Like that year, they went all the way to the championship game and lost to Benedictine. They were hosting all these home playoff games. That's how they were able to make that incredible run. So the Carver Tigers at number five. Number six, the LaGrange Grangers. And I got to give a big shout out to Kevin Eckleberry once again. He was actually covering the Grangers practice and they have an amazing indoor facility. Head coach Matt Napier, who's the brother of Billy Napier, the head coach of Florida, 
He's really turned around this program. The LaGrange Grangers, I had an opportunity to see them. Scrimmage game against Harris County, and I saw them in the opener against Smith Station last year. What they have done, Malachi Fanny Render, great running back. You have a wide receiver by the name of Magic Johnson, who is just a absolute playmaker. Now, these players have left, but LaGrange is going to continue to rebuild and reload as well. And they're a playoff team. Remember last year, they had to beat Troop County to get into the playoffs. But LaGrange is one of those teams. I think that if Troop County is the favorite to win this region, I think LaGrange has got to compete with Stars Mill and Whitewater. They actually played them close last year. I think that LaGrange is right there. But if you look at a a team like Trinity Christian, and then you also got to factor in Fayette County, and you also got to factor in a team like Riverdale. I mean, these teams are trying to find a, a playoff as well. But LaGrange, well, I got him at number six. And then I got Northside at number seven. Now, Northside had an incredible run to the second round. It was the farthest they have gone in over a decade. But Caden Clay is coming back at quarterback. But they lost Malachi Hosley. He is now at the University of Penn. Malachi Hosley, it seemed like he was responsible for 70% of the offense. I happened to see Northside a couple of times last year at Kennett Stadium. The first time I saw them was against Sumter County. It was on a Thursday night, and Malachi Hosley just ran all over Kennett Stadium. And then the second time I saw Northside, they were playing in the second round of the playoffs against Warner Robins. And Warner Robins' defense just shut Malachi Hosley down. You look at a lot of those players are playing at the next level for Warner Robins. So I got Northside at number seven. Spencer makes my list at number eight. Spencer won their first region title in school history when they were in the GHSA. I mean, they were in another league before in the 60s. But the Spencer Green Wave going down to 2A, they were able to beat Ace Charter in the final regular season game at Otis Spencer Stadium, which, by the way, is a state-of-the-art football stadium. And Corey and I had a privilege of calling a game up there and that was just an amazing press box and we witnessed history last year when the spencer green wave beat ace charter to get their first region title in school history under the ghsa however they did lose to Barion in the first round of the playoffs but spencer has got to deal with northeast they got to deal with rutland they got to deal with southwest and i expect the kendrick cherokees to improve and I want to see the Jordan Red Jackets actually compete as well. Because when they went down to 2A, there were some teams in 2A that they could compete with. And so that was good. All right, number nine is the Manchester Blue Devils. Manchester is going to be tested when they come to Kennett Stadium to play the Columbus Blue Devils. Even though Columbus faced Manchester last year, you know, Manchester, you know, they'll take on Chaco, they'll take on Taylor County. You know, they play Schley County this year. In fact, that's one of my games. Let's see, Manchester and Schley County? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then number 10, Brookstone. Brookstone, you know, they met Pacelli in the playoffs, and that game could have gone either way. I think that Brookstone, they make this list just for the simple fact that they have played a lot of great competition in the GIAA. And Brookstone is always going to be a team 
that is going to compete. But no Walter Blanchard this year. He is now at the University of Georgia. And so they're going to have to fill that hole right there. And I don't see a big drop-off. I think that Brookstone is still going to compete. But you look at what happened. You look at what happened with Hardaway from last year, from the year before. Losing Michael Williams to Georgia and then Hardaway with the reclassification and struggling out the gate, losing to Carver and Troop County and losing to Shaw. They missed out on the playoffs. Hardaway is looking to bounce back this year. They are known for making the playoffs, so I expect Hardaway to bounce back. There are some other teams that I think that could make this list. I think that the Shaw Raiders, they started out 2-0 last year. They got a new head football coach, head coach Johnny Garner, which I've reached out to him. I'm hoping he can be on the show pretty soon as well. And so that is my list, the top 10 teams for East Alabama and West Georgia. Now... I'm going to go into the top 10 games that I want to see. I want to pay money to see these games. I want to attend these games if I can. And it would be a dream come true if I can call these games. I'm going to start with, with, I'm going to do this list 10 to 1. All right, starting with number 10, Russell County at Harris County. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to call this game because I think the NFHS network has got the rights. But I've been to Harris County and they don't have a play-by-play announcer. I'm just going to come out and say that. So, uh, hint, hint. Yes, August 25th, Russell County taking on Harris County. And in Hamilton, Georgia, it is going to be lit. Number nine, I've got a great matchup. This could be the best rivalry in the Chattahoochee Valley. It's Valley and Lynette. Now, Valley with an asterisk, because we don't know what they're going to be called yet. But for now, we're going to call them the Valley Rams. I had head coach Clifford Story on the show last year. He said that is the most important game on their schedule. The people, the community of Lynette, all they care about is beating Valley. That is their only primary concern. And that's what he talked about. And that rivalry is so passionate both fan bases come out and they pack the stadium whether it's dan washburn stadium or whether it's valley ram stadium which i've been to that's actually the hope the home of point university as well over there in valley alabama that is number nine and who do i got right here yes i've got the number seven most compelling game i want to see Sandy Creek at Harris County. Why did I put this on the list? Well, they're going to play, I think, uh, Sandy Creek and Harris County. They are going to play. And Sandy Creek won the state championship for a 3A. Sandy Creek is a school out of Tyrone, Georgia. Not in the Chattahoochee Valley, but they're coming down to Hamilton to take on Harris County, a 5A school, which will improve under second-year head coach Tommy Watson. I honestly think that Harris County is going to bounce back. They made the playoffs last year, but you know when you have five teams in their region and four make the playoffs, they're hoping to build off that. They're hoping to just more than just make the playoffs. They want to try to advance in the playoffs. And what better test than to play Sandy Creek that not only won a football championship, they won a basketball championship too. Absolutely incredible. Say what you want. It's not a championship where it was an asterisk because of that controversial call at the goal line 
against Union Grove. A championship is a championship, and it was well-deserved by Sandy Creek. But I cannot wait to see Sandy Creek and Harris County. That was a my number eight ranked compelling game. Number seven, LaGrange at Northside. Now, Northside is not the same team they were last year. They don't have Malachi Hosley. But LaGrange playing Northside. This game two years ago was canceled because of COVID. But LaGrange is making that trip down to Kennett Stadium once again. And I just love it because, you know, I have ties to LaGrange and Columbus because I work in LaGrange and I live in Columbus. So we could dub this the Battle of I-185. I was trying to call that the, you know, with the baseball game with Shaw playing LaGrange. I tried to call it a rivalry renewed in the Battle of I-185. But, yeah, we'll call that the Battle of I-185 for LaGrange and Northside. Northside is right there off I-185. All right. Number six, Opelika and Thompson. Now, this is a neutral field game. But Opelika, right off the bat, week one, taking on the four-time state champions in 7A in Alabama, the Thompson Warriors. You know, last year, Thompson won the state title with an eighth grader. Trent Seaborn is now a ninth grader. Thompson has got to be the favorite this year. And I think Thompson could win their fifth straight national championship, or not national championship, state championship in Alabama. But who can knock them off? I'm thinking Central and Auburn really are the only two teams that I think could knock them off. I know Hoover, Hewitt Trustville, it seems like all these teams are in the Final Four. But I cannot wait. Opelika and Thompson, what a matchup. Absolutely. Number five, Cedartown at Callaway. This game is going to happen on August the 25th at Callaway Stadium. Cedartown, a 4A school. Callaway lost to them last year, 47-7. to It's time for some payback. But we know about Cedartown. Nick Chubb went there. They lost to Carver down at A.J. McClung in the playoffs, 22-21, to that allowed Carver to go to the state title two years ago. I cannot wait for that matchup. Okay, we got four more games. What is, what is it going to be? Four more games on this list. Number four, LaGrange and Troop County. It happens that first week in November. The entire town of LaGrange comes to Callaway Stadium. You got the Troop fans on one side. You got the LaGrange fans on the other side. You got everybody in the city of LaGrange, the city limits, and and the outskirts of Troop County, West Point. They're at Callaway Stadium. That place is packed. And you know Kevin Eckleberry is going to be there. I mean, he lives for that kind of stuff. But that's why I got... Troop County and LaGrange, number four on my list. Because it's going to mean something. It's the final game of the regular season. It could determine who's going to get a seeding in the playoffs. I expect both teams to make the playoffs. But last year, LaGrange had to play their way in to get to the playoffs. They had to upset the undefeated Troop County to just to get into the playoffs. It just means so much. And that's why I got number three, Callaway and Troop County. This happens in uh, week three, and it's always a big game. It's a very hot ticket. I remember they, they would up the prices on, on this game. I mean, go fan, the, getting your tickets. That's why I'm hoping I don't have to worry about that if I get my press credentials. 
But, uh, you know, wearing the sports beat polo shirt might be enough. I'm just saying. But Troop County and Callaway, that is always a great matchup. You pretty much know what my number one and number two compelling games of the 2023 season are, right? All right, number two, it's the Heritage Bowl. Carver and Spencer. This time, I believe it's not official because that week, August 25th, we got Troop County. They're, they're taking on Hardaway. And you also got LaGrange taking on Northside. That's going to be played at Kennett Stadium. Troop County and Hardaway should be at A.J. McClung Memorial Stadium, which means we're going to get Carver and Spencer at Otis Spencer Stadium. How electric is that going to be? This is a very well-attended game, and what better way than to have it at the new football stadium with all those seats? I expect all those seats to be filled up with Carver and Spencer alumni now, last year, Carver got the shutout win. But it was a very tightly contested game. A lot of penalties. DJ Jones and Thrift Berenger were there for the Sports Visions High School Game of the Week. Uh, I had a chance to listen to a little bit, bit of it. And, you know, Carver and Spencer. Spencer is due to get a win against Carver. This is a heated rivalry in the Chattahoochee Valley. My number one compelling game, it's usually always Central and Auburn. It's Central and Auburn. They play on October the 20th. This could be the right to get a number one seed in their region. And I think that the winner of this game is in the driver's seat to actually have a favorable matchup when they get to the state playoffs. But I almost can guarantee you that these two teams are going to meet in the state playoffs. They usually meet in the Final Four. But Central and Auburn has to be number one because these two teams are the two best teams in Alabama. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste, the best chicken around, fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in, take out, it's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around, so great. Wishbone Fried Chicken 31, Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of the Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. 
WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. You are listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, and I'm here with WTVM sports anchor Tony Reese. Tony, it's been just incredible covering all these teams in the Fountain City. Uh, but I do want to talk about the Columbus River Dragons because their season came to an end over the weekend. They lost a heartbreaker to Carolina in double overtime. I was actually at game one at the Columbus Civic Center Friday night where they beat Carolina 6-1. to one. It seemed like they had all the momentum in game two, and they had a 4-1 to one lead going in to the second period and Carolina was able to come back and that was such a heartbreaking loss losing in overtime the way they did on a power play goal that had to have been deflating and then to turn around Sunday afternoon to take on Carolina in a game three they had all the momentum but Columbus had a great season and they had a special moment at historic Golden Park last night and it was just an opportunity for the fans just to say thank you for a wonderful season. Man, you said it. That team all season long has been the heart, I feel like, of Columbus. As far as every game, they're getting the best out of the intensity, the best out of the city, big crowds. They've had a sellout, first sellout crowd since starting over as the River Dragons coming out of the Cottonmouth from years ago. Man, Coach Boom Boom has so much control over those guys as far as the direction, the leadership. Uh, Tom Galland, just the whole association over there is pretty impressive. Now, we talk about this was the same team that actually dwindled them in the final season. I mean, the regular game, final regular game season as well. Uh, you know, had they beat them, they would have been the number one seed. So we knew coming into this matchup, it was going to be a dog-eat-dog -dog battle. And the fact that it came down to a pivotal game three, you didn't expect anything more or less out of that game. Of course, you would have loved for the home team to win, but you knew you were getting the best from both sides. And this was just one of those games that – really whoever wins this i can guarantee you probably will go on to win the commissioner's cup this year tony you are a proud smith station alum the smith station panthers they are taking on baker as we speak on the road central is at home against enterprise tony we might have a potential final four matchup between smith station and central Man, the endless possibilities. I think we've talked about it before. The headlines write itself. Backyard brawl, baseball edition. Anybody that knows Smith Station is central. It's all love being across town rivals. But at the same time, it's always been competition. So if that actually happens, that both of them advance and play each other for a final four slot to go on to play for the state championship, man, you know the stories are going to come out. The headlines. We're talking about bragging rights for the next week, next month, next year. This is going to be five years. Eight, I've been out of school now eight years, going on my 10-year reunion two years, man. Just having that effort that, oh, 2015, if you recall, my graduating year was the year Smith Station won state. So you know those boys have been itching to get back to that state title. That would be something. And baseball is really something special right now in East Alabama because Glenwood last night punched their ticket to the state championship, beating Lee Scott Academy in two very close contested games. Jacob Page, he was been their ace all season. He had a bad inning in the fifth inning, but he was able to get the win with the complete game. And uh, Glenwood was able to win Lee Scott in that game one, five to three. The second game was on pins and needles, one to nothing. And 
unbelievable. Tyler Seitz with the complete game shutout, pitched seven innings. And it was just an incredible moment at the ball field. Your broadcast partner, Jonathan Hoppy was there uh, covering the Glenwood boys varsity basketball team getting their championship rings. And that was a really cool sight to see. And it was also nice to see some of the players on the basketball team that also play on the baseball team. And it was just an electric atmosphere at Glenwood last night and hats off to Lee Scott Academy. They really put up a valiant effort and what manager Tim Hudson has done has been phenomenal. We love to talk about just the, once again, another headline. Lee Scott coming in, Tim Hudson, the guy who once played at Glenwood, skyrocketing on to his career, and then now coming back to that same ballpark, taking in one of his teams in a very few time, the short amount of time he's had to get his team to compete at a high caliber level, playing against his old alma mater. That's just always, man, that's a special feeling I can only imagine. And we talk about the Glenwood Gators this season. Those guys have been lights out. So you talk about that pivotal game to get to this next game to possibly win another state championship. And some of the guys that were recognized for those basketball state championships also being baseball guys. I like the fact that it's a dual sport type of type of atmosphere out there. The whole athletes are not they're not just playing one sport. They're playing multiple sports and they're doing it at a high level, man. It's always impressive to see. You love to see just kids really feeding into these programs, really giving back and really just trying to make it to the next level. And then on the other side in Columbus. We still have some great teams still alive. Columbus is in the Elite Eight. They are going to be on the road taking on Ringgold. You have LaGrange hosting West Lawrence at the branch on Friday. You got St. Ampicelli taking on First Presbyterian Day on the road. We talk about some of that talent there, man. Those I know literally just being recently going up to LaGrange, those guys are locked in, being state runners up last year. I know they're looking for that opportunity to go back and possibly go back to the top and win the state championship. I know a lot of those seniors are definitely looking into that. They returned a lot of guys, so I'm curious to see. Pacelli, pretty efficient this season. Uh, we know they've won several championships across the board in other sports. I'm sure they would love to add one in baseball, knowing just some of those same athletes playing other sports want to add another state championship ring to their capital of the year. And then you talk about Calvary Christian softball just winning back-to-back state championships. You know they would love to have that same mentality over there. Coach Steve Smith is everything he's done as a whole with that program has been impressive to see. And I know he's going to lead his guys into a hard-filled battle. We're pretty sure. Hopefully, could be saying their state champions here here soon. But you know, we'll just have to wait and see. So Calvary Christian is playing Cornerstone Prep Academy out of Ackworth, Georgia, my old uh, stomping grounds. I mean, I'm from Ackworth, so this. Calling this game with thrift really just means a lot to me. I can only imagine, man. I tell you, I've done that now going to a couple of Smith Station games and just really being able to talk about some of those athletes, some of those same sports that I played, people that didn't know the sports I did play. I wasn't the best player out there, but just having that same reaction, being back in some of those same type of situations, man, it's always a good heartfelt feeling to talk about places that you know of and you know a good bit about possibly even some of the coaches, you know, things like that. It's always a fun time to talk about stuff like this. Tony, this is a very special month in sports in the Chattahoochee Valley. Right now we have Columbus State softball and baseball in the Peach Belt Conference tournaments. The Columbus State softball team has really been a special team. I think they could win a championship. They can get to Chattanooga. They take on North Georgia College for a best of three this weekend at Cougar Field. And Hannah Rose Corbin just might go down as one of the greatest Columbus State softball players of all time. 
I couldn't agree with you more, man. Softball, the Cougs are like red hot, man. All every game I've seen this season, if I'm not mistaken, they have yet to lose a home series or a home game at all. That's impressive in its own feet. Not many teams have been able to do that. And to see that we have one literally right here in our backyard and watching them play and talking about Hannah Rose Corbin on the mound, at bat, this girl is impressive. Her and the whole team, there's several hitters, several several key players on that team that make them so special. And just watching that program, truly something to see. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend getting out, watching this series here at home. It's pretty impressive to see. Then we look across the field. We have uh, baseball as well. What Coach Appleton has going on with some of his guys over there, that whole team, they have grit. They have grind. Man, it's impressive to watch them really when things are clicking. They're clicking at all cylinders. They're dominating teams. They might fall at times, but watching them beat it back in and get back into it, Derek Wiley stepping up the bat, some of the main guys, Matthew McDade, watching them really hit dingers out the park. Man, I can't tell you how of how I'm really into it when it comes to writing highlights. I'm sitting there, man, I think that one touched the moon just because it's literally, you, I've never seen the trajectory launch out of a park. This year, I want to say I've watched more baseball and softball than I have ever done in my life. And it's so invigorating, man. It's like being a little kid going out to the ballpark for the first time. I'm loving it every time, every chance I get. Tony, I know that you and Jonathan Hoppy are super busy, even in the summertime, especially when we got the Columbus Lions coming up. We have spring practices for high school football. Can you believe high school football is a couple of months away? And I'm actually penciling in on my calendar that first week of August, trying to make sure that I'm there with you and all the other media people in the Fountain City for Muskogee County Media Days. Man, I'm looking forward to it. We've had some talent come out these last couple of years and really getting into the whole Muskogee County system this school year. I was able to see a lot of these guys that I had always heard about these elite programs over here in Columbus coming from the Smith Station side of things. But man, to really sit out here and watch some of these teams, it's impressive, really impressive to see what type of caliber. When you talk about some of the elite coaches we have over here, man, I am beyond excited for these media days. I didn't actually get to go last year, so I'm seeing this one firsthand hoping to really get an up-close look at who potentially will be standouts that we'll be talking about week in and week out. You're absolutely right, and I know that in about the third week of May, a lot of teams will have their spring game. I know Shaw is having their black and white game. They're not playing another school. They're just playing a scrimmage between the offense and the defense, kind of like how these colleges have their spring games. But some schools will have their spring games, but these are very well attended. I went to the Russell County spring game last year when they were playing Tallahassee. The place was packed. That's how much they love high school football here in the South as they all come out to see the spring game because they want to see what the team is going to look like next season. I completely agree. That's the first opportunity for people, a lot of parents really getting to see their kids thrive, especially if they're making a transition from JV up to varsity or even some of those varsity guys that are looking, hey, this is their senior year. Maybe they're in the midpoint, sophomore juniors, and they're hoping to really have a breakout season. A lot of talent, especially when you play amongst guys you've been practicing in, a lot of people don't always get to see those practices. So now that you put it on a big stage and watch teammates play against one another, a lot of buddies playing against one another, you get a different passion, a different feel out of these guys, and it's always impressive to really watch them shine. One team to look out for, I think it's going to have a bounce back season is the Hardaway Hawks. They failed to miss they failed to miss the they missed the playoffs last year. And uh, after losing Michael Williams to Georgia, I kind of looked at Hardaway with the reclassification and they lost to Shaw. They had some very tough games, a very close game against Harris County and and they play Carver on August the 17th 
at Kennett Stadium. That date could not get any sooner. I know the week before we're going to have some scrimmages, but that's really when high school football is going to kick things off. And we, we know how strong Carver is. Head coach Pierre Coffey in his second year, I expect Carver to make a run like they did in the Elite Eight last year, but losing to Oconee County. And then the year before, losing to Benedictine in the state championship. With the reclassification, I expect Carver to compete with the likes of a Thomasville and Crisp County in their region. And I would not be too shocked if the Columbus Blue Devils start making some noise and they could possibly make the playoffs in the region as well. You think so? Hey, I'm actually here to look at all that, man. I know with the different reclassifications, I know a good bit now, but I'm still trying to learn the, the odds and ends. So watching some of these teams that I know last year, like like you said, they weren't really – they got to those points, but they were kind of faltering a little bit. So hopefully this year – I'd love to see, honestly, everybody from every division we have in Columbus go on to potentially play for a state championship last next year. Is it possible? Highly unlikable. But we know there's a lot of elite talent throughout the Tri-City, Valley, Tri-City area and the Chattahoochee Valley, and just to see who can actually get to the top is definitely going to be fun to watch. And one team to look out for, Spencer. They won their first region title in school history last year. They did not like the – the result, losing in the first round of the playoffs to Berrien, I mean, they were hoping to get that win because they were playing at Otis Spencer Stadium. But what head coach Joseph Kegler has done with the Spencer Green Wave and with the reclassification going to 2A, they got some tough opponents like Northeast and Rutland and Southwest. But I think that's a little bit more tough a region. It's, it's hard because in these regions, only four teams make the playoffs. When you have a region up in the north part of the Chattahoochee Valley that LaGrange and Troop County are in with Whitewater, Stars Mill, Trinity Christian, only four teams make the playoffs. So a really good team is going to miss out. But then you have a region that Northside and Harris County are in with Drew and McIntosh and Northgate. And so you got five teams. So only one team misses out on the playoffs. And by default, Harris County and Northside were able to get into the playoffs last year. So it's the balance is kind of off a little bit. I think that a team like Kendrick could improve, but they still might miss out on the playoffs. But I think that Columbus could be on the doorstep because they're also in a region that has Doherty and you have Chris County, Thomasville, and you have Monroe. So it's, it's still one of those teams. It looks like two of those teams are going to miss out on the playoffs. So, they know who they got to beat to get to the playoffs. I agree. I think it always comes down to mainly those last three games of the season for everybody. When you kind of look at some of those records where uh, they might not have the best record, but they still have a shot to make it into the playoffs. And then you're questioning, well, what does it go into factoring who actually gets those last couple spots? And when it comes down to a two-team type situation, it's always who wants it more, I feel like. Some of those games you look back on early in the season, had they won, would they be in a better position? Other times it's, well, you know what's at stake, especially looking in. Maybe you're a four and seven, but you've won most of your region games. So now you have a potential option to get into the playoffs. How can you finish out these last two, you know, in any of that situation? And it's always really fun to really get out there and listen to these guys and just watch how they perform when their backs are against the wall. And, Tony, I got to say, on the other side in Alabama, Central is always going to compete for a state title along with Auburn. And I know that that region feels like, just a juggernaut between Opelika. You have Enterprise, Prattville, Dothan is now good. You know, they made the playoffs last year and actually won a playoff game. And then your alma mater, Smith Station, 
They got a new head football coach. And really, they could just continue to improve. I like the play of Jackson Greer last year. Uh, Devin Pierman, a great wide receiver. I got to call some Smith Station games last year, and I really thought it was a cool moment when they upset Prattville, and their former head coach, Mike Glisson, got a little emotional on camera, and I was really happy for him. But now there's a new era in Smith Station football, and really, they know what's in front of them. They have got to find a way to beat Central. I mean, that would just be amazing if they could knock off Central in an upset, but uh, they really just got to build up that program, and I think that they're pretty close. I can see where you're coming from, and like you said, as a, as an alumni guy, it's, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, uh, I think my year, we went uh, about 6-4, and 5-5, five and five, then it went 6-4 and four the following year, and then it kind of took a turn, and definitely watching this rebuild. There have been guys come through there but, you know, when you're dealing with 7A, it's so much of a juggernaut, like you said, in Central and Auburn. I used to always compare Central to as in, like, the Hoover and Prattville's from back in my day. So really kind of watching that to see if Central – I know they've already released their schedule and they have all playoff games and the state championship already penciled in. So, you know, I like, like, the cockiness, but they've also been that team that shows up year in and year out, as well as Auburn over there with Keith Etheridge and just the program he's built and his amount of time he's spent over there. And now with Opelika coming up to 7A, it's a tough conference. Don't get me wrong. It's a tough division. It's a tough series. But at the same time, I think Smith Station has the grit. You know, Smith Station is referred to as grit station at times. You're going to get some tough kids coming out of there that have the heart, that have the drive. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to come in and get top wins against the Centrals and the Auburns this season. But I love to see. I want to say it's going to be a hard-fought game throughout. I want to say that they're going to put it all out there as hard as they can. And I think they have a good chance to put up some more numbers on the board compared to seasons past. I think coach Garrison has a lot uh, kind of listening to what he was saying when he first had his initial press conference. Uh, he has a lot of heart coming in. I believe he coached up the Slocum just last year. That was his first uh, true coaching experience as a head coach. So this is his next gig in year two. I'm sure he's going to be bringing in a lot of, uh, you know, mentality kind of changing the culture, hopefully for the better with the team. And I love to see where they stand by the end of the season. And uh, another team to watch out for, I called all their home games last year and one road game against Valley, the Russell County Warriors. Kelston Tarver is coming back for his sophomore year. Denver Harper is a very good wide receiver. Robert Calhoun. No, I like what Coach Griggs has going on over there, too, in a short amount of time since coming in. I know he was a new coach up to really watch just kind of what they have going on. Uh, Russell County, man, back in the day, you know, Russell County was kind of like where we were in. You know, a team that they had a few wins, but they weren't really, like, as strong for it. But I've watched in recent years, they've kind of became a little dominant factor over there. They're sending out guys a lot more. Um, I'm actually impressed with what I have seen from them this season, last season. Hopefully they can continue that this season. And I think, uh, you know, they're building their own program. They're not a team to be slept on much this season. I'm hoping so, just to see what they can actually turn around and hopefully put more wins in the win column. Hey, Tony, so um... – the GHSA football schedule came out. Did you have to, Did you get a chance to look at it at all? I'm just curious. Not yet. Mm-hmm. You actually just piqued my interest. Now I'm kind of curious to see how. You that- might, it, I actually, I actually went through week one through week twelve, and I penciled in all the games. And there's some intriguing matchups, including Sandy Creek coming to Harris County. I Ooh. cannot wait for that game. That's a potential high school game of the week. 
hey, you know we're always looking for those. We just might have to see where it plays in. Hopefully it's not one of those weeks. The part about that is we cover so many schools in West Georgia and East Alabama that some of the bigger games that we would like to cover, there's another big game going on across the river. And it's like, okay, we got to weigh the factors in and out. But I think uh, that might be a game to really uh, put into heavy consideration. Oh, absolutely. And, of course, the Sports Beat has their high school game of the week. It, it usually matches up with WTVM and WRBL's high school game of the week. We All of us are pretty much on the same page when it comes to, to uh, picking the high school game of the week. That's what I noticed last season. Oh, yeah. You know how it goes, man. We're all kind of looking for the same thing. We want the games that we know most of the fans will be at, most of the crowd, most of the community gets involved in. And ultimately, which one is going to make for better, in our case, better television? Which ones are, you know, you're going to have a highlight for days coming out of that one? Or even then, just kind of who who's going to show up that game? And you always love to see which of these games turn out to be that team that might make a deep run in the playoffs later that season. Or possibly which team could go on to win the state championship? Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Tony, I cannot wait until high school football. This is really where half of my audience comes back. I mean, when I have my local podcast that covers high school football. I'm, I'm going to try to get some coaches on too. Yeah, man. This is, this is like a religion. I mean, this people pay attention to high school football more than any sport in the Chattahoochee Valley. And it's fascinating because they truly care. And I, I, I just want to say this. I, I'm not saying that the, the, the teams in Columbus don't care as much, but I noticed when you get outside the city limits, of Columbus, and I'm not talking about Phoenix City because it's central is like a different level. Right. But right, when, right. when you get when you get to Harris County and Russell County, the fans come out and the whole town will stop everything that they're doing to attend that football game Friday night. It is absolutely fascinating. I love being a part of that atmosphere. Man, you said something then. Let's talk for instance, just with this valley recently winning this state championship. That run of going 32, 34, and 0. This last season they were this season they were able to accomplish, man. Just watching those heavy pro like playoff games where literally it seemed like everybody in Valley, Alabama was in that stadium or in that arena going, cheering on their team loudest. It means something a little slightly different to some of those out of school, out of city limit schools, like you're saying. Cause especially those games and when those guys sign to go on and play at the next level, it's always something bigger. It's something you like to see. But that's not to say that we don't have that in our very own backyards as well in the Tri-City area. It's just – it's always inspirational. Like you said, football darn near too is almost like second to religion around here. It's pretty much is its own religion. And just to watch the fans and the atmosphere and just the environment, the players, the grit, the grind, man, it's everything I love about this town, this community. Tony, I'm super excited that you've been able to be a guest on the show. Definitely want to get you and Jonathan Hoppy on the show and when we get closer to football season, so on Friday nights, I'm going to have my high school football show. And so you know that this podcast is actually done on a radio station. And we've actually thrown out ideas of possibly going live on the field of the high school game of the week, whether it's Garrett Harrison Stadium, Oda Spencer, Kinnett. I plan on being there. And this I'm hoping I get credentials so I can be down on the field. I want to have like a college game day atmosphere at the high school game of the week. I think that'd be awesome, man. It's impressive. Hopefully everything works out for you. We'll be talking soon in the near future. Absolutely. I can't wait to get you and Jonathan Hoppy back here on the show. Thanks once again, Tony, for being an incredible guest. And uh, just continue grinding out there. It's, it's a lot of fun just covering all these sporting events. Likewise, brother. It's always a pleasure. All right.
That was WTVM sports anchor, Tony Reese. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another show. Hope everybody has a great weekend, and we are out of here. Bye.